This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band, Humphreys McGee. Each week will feature a rotating schedule of insightful full show recaps, interviews with fellow Umphreaks, members of Team UM, as well as other musicians who have been inspired by and or played with the band. This is your place for all the latest news and happenings within the world of Umphreys, helping keep you informed on what's been recently released or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah Jahimiak. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode where I chatted about the recent Day in the Dock documentary that premiered on July 16th and a little recap of my private birthday concert through Live Lesson Masters with Jake Sinegar on July 31st. There is a link in the show notes where you can check that out if you haven't listened yet. This week, I will be chatting about my recent Hall of Fame 2019 votes, as well as chatting about a few honorable mentions. Um, My husband does not vote for Hall of Fame. He has in the past, but only votes for stuff that we were at. So this year, he told me that instead of wasting his votes, that I could use his and vote for the songs that I thought were honorable mentions and needed to be voted for too. So we will also talk about those this week. Do you have a small business that makes shirts, pins, jewelry, sweet prints, or sells other interesting products that you think peeps would like to purchase? Is your band looking to get some attention from fellow music-loving umfreaks? Maybe you provide an awesome service that can make folks' lives better or easier and want some like-minded clientele? Or perhaps you're looking to hire some cool people to work with. Let Dropped Among This Crowd help you get the word out. With interviews on the show and sponsorship packages that include ad time on the podcast, ticket giveaways, social media plugs, product reviews, and so much more, Dropped Among This Crowd can help you reach tons of fellow umfreaks, musicians, and other kind folks looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow ump family. Email droppedamongthiscrowdpod at gmail.com if you're interested in chatting more. All right, so let's get to it. 2019 Hall of Fame voting was due this past Friday, August 14th, and I hope you got your votes in. This year was only one round and probably the hardest year to vote for, honestly. 2019 was a killer year for the band, and I personally had a list of about 90 songs long to begin to weed through and decide what I would put on my final list. And as I said, thankfully, my husband let me use his votes as well. So I wound up only having to cut it to 20, which was definitely much, much helpful. It took me a while to get through this. I voted only like a few days before the due date. I did put my final choices on a Nugs playlist that I will link in the show notes if you want to give a listen to these songs. All right, so here is what I voted for this year. 
First up, Syncopated Strangers from February 2nd at the State Theater in Portland, Maine. I chose this one because I love the way it tumbles down the rabbit hole and reveals a very fun little dance party slightly after three minutes, dancing along for a little bit and then comfortably sliding into a sexy Dreams by Fleetwood Mac jam about three minutes later, seductively dancing along with it, then opening itself up and dancing off on its own, dabbling back into Dreams really blossoming and fully embracing its massiveness, twinkling back down to earth, falling into the lyrics of dreams, and then just oh so perfectly sliding back into syncopated strangers. That one is just a lot of fun to get down to. Every time I listen to it, it just instantly gets me dancing if you haven't given that one a spin, I really highly suggest that you do. It's just, it's good. It's really good. Uh, next up, Draconin. I always say that wrong, I feel. August 10th, Lakefront Green in Chicago, Illinois. Embracing its funkiness slightly before four and a half and confidently embracing an interstellar dance party and venturing on for about six minutes building itself up and bursting into the lyrical part of the song. I feel like that one is kind of the undiscovered uh, song of the 2019 Hall of Fame voting. So if it didn't make your list, give that one a listen to. August from December 27th at the Fillmore in Denver, Colorado. Abandoning August early on, slightly after two minutes, to begin building a path toward its next destination, building up confidence and blossoming open, resonating way out and making its way back down to earth at about seven minutes, stumbling back into August a few seconds later. And it really embraces that silky Bayless solo. I will admit this one really got me one day emotionally, and that was the motivating factor for voting for this one. Sometimes they just hit you in the right spot. Uh, Next up, Ringo from August 23rd at Iroquois Amphitheater in Louisville, Kentucky. And before you give me flack for not voting for the Ringo from the New Year's Eve run... I do include it in my honorable mentions. We'll talk about it a little bit later um, in the show, but I felt it was kind of a waste to vote for that one. And waste seems like such a a negative word, but mostly um, they won't be able to release it um, on any sort of vinyl. It's not going to fit. It's going to have to be on three sides, so they wouldn't press it on vinyl, I feel. Um, You know, it, it would have to be its own thing because of the length. And I felt that it was almost too obvious to vote for this. And I also felt that this Ringo has gotten its its spotlight, its attention. And I think that we needed to vote for other things on the list. So this is why this Ringo found a spot on my list. Specifically the path it chooses after it comes back into Ringo and wanders off slightly after eight minutes the power behind it, just this massive energy that's coming from this jam as it continues on. I just love everything about it. Give that also again, if you haven't given that one a spin, give it a listen and you're going to know exactly what I mean.
Bridgeless, October 19th from the Georgia Theater in Athens, Georgia. This one really getting to the gritty of it slightly after six minutes, setting it down about two minutes later to catch its breath, picking itself back up and dancing on, bringing it back down to earth slightly before 10 minutes, gathering itself back together and sinking back into the jam about two minutes later. Bridgeless would go unfinished here, head into Whistle Kids, and then come back into Bridgeless in the show. Um, But the first part of that Bridgeless is what I voted for. Uh, Number six, Plunger, March 29th at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. This was the second Plunger on my original list of 90. The one from Brooklyn Steel on February 15th was also a contender. However, I love the direction that this one heads on slightly before three and a half, changing direction about five minutes later and revealing a softer, lighter side as it rounds the corner, keeping a hopefulness to it as it continues on and builds. This one would also go unfinished in the show, heading into Anchor Drops and then back into Plunger a fantastic sandwich to enjoy in its entirety for sure. Number seven, Mantis, December 28th at the Fillmore in Denver, Colorado. This one, a standalone version, getting to the meat of it slightly after six minutes, opening itself up and dancing along for a few minutes, setting it down about six minutes-ish later, and seductively opening into the second part of Mantis. You know, I enjoy when they sandwich Mantis in any capacity, whether it's just one song between it or, you know, they start the set, end the set, whatever. Um, But a standalone Mantis is always really nice to get. Number eight, Jajunk, from April 3rd at the Belly Up in Aspen, Colorado, This one joyfully dancing along after it sinks in slightly before three and a half. This version listed on all things Umphreys as containing a Jimmy Stewart with a lyrical stew. Really enjoy what we got from Bayless there. Excited to see where we will see those lyrics again and how they will grow the next time they pop up. Again, give this one a spin too if you haven't. Number nine, Phil's Farm from February 21st at the Clyde Theater in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The first time the band would hit up this venue. Side note, the Clyde Theater show from this year on January 29th was, in my opinion, the best show of 2020. Listen to that if you haven't. But anyway, (laughs) back to this fills from 2019. It sinks into it slightly before four minutes, swelling and beginning to build as it continues on, twinkling back down to earth about 10 minutes, putting the brakes on and revving back up into fills. And number 10, Dump City, July 13th from 4848 Festival in Snowshoe, West Virginia. This was an awesome experience to be able to check out this inaugural uh, festival. We only went for one day, uh, Sunday, to check out the Umphrey set in a very impromptu fashion. 
my husband was like, hey, let's go to 4848 Festival this weekend. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> but it was it was a really neat festival. The grounds were beautiful. It was just a very awesome experience. I'm really hoping that we can check it out again when live music and festivals come back. And if you're interested in hearing more about the festival, I will link the podcast episode I did all about it, episode 59 in the show notes. Anyway, Dump City also made more than one appearance on my original Hall of Fame list, the one from October 17th at the Georgia Theater and October 31st from the Anthem in Washington, D.C. were also contenders. But back to this Dump City, this one stumbles out of itself and begins to slip into something a little more comfortable, about four minutes, gaining momentum as it continues on, cooling its heels for a second before rounding the corner and embracing a dancier vibe, building way up and practically bursting through the ceiling, tumbling right back into Dump City slightly after 12 minutes. I also wanted to mention that back in December, episode 80, I shared what I felt at the time was the top 20 songs slash jams of 2019. If you listen back to that, you'll hear that some of what I talked about the first time made these final lists, but as we all know, listening back on a second, third, or fourth or fifth time, your opinion can change. But if you're interested in checking that out, there is a link in the show notes. And I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. I went to make the list on Nugs for these songs for you guys to listen to. And I'm scrolling through the section where it says my stash. And I see that there is a top 20 of 2019 list in there and I'm like what the hell is this like I don't remember making another list so I go back through my episodes and I'm like sure shit I totally did a top 20 of 2019 list and completely forgot about it until I was working on this episode so Yeah, I'm going to totally blame it on the fact that it was eight months ago and I've put out a ton of episodes in that time and the entire world has changed in those eight months and I'm a mom of three and have transitioned into now being a teacher to my kids and just all the other things. So yeah, I totally made that episode, episode 80, if you want to check it out. It was kind of cool to listen back to that and see what still made it through to this second round here. Um, There were a couple from New Year's Eve run that hadn't yet happened um, that pushed some things off the list. But of course, in no means they were any less. It's always so hard to pick for Hall of Fame. And like I mentioned, 2019 was a very hard year to vote for. Um, All right, on to some honorable mentions. These you can also find on the playlist in the show notes. And as I mentioned earlier in the episode that my husband allowed me to use his votes this year so that I could also include these tunes in the voting process. So those are It Doesn't Matter from February 2nd at the State Theater in Portland, Maine. 
This one features the original Western Jam from Jake that I've mentioned coming back in various places several times throughout last year and a little bit in the beginning of this year. So if you're interested in hearing where that was born, check out this tune. It slips into it slightly after four minutes, transforming itself a few minutes later and embracing a different vibe as it continues on, slipping itself back into that Western Jam a few minutes later before getting itself all worked up and breaking through back into It Doesn't Matter. I just love that tune anyways. I love uh, what has become of that tune in such a short amount of time. DBK from January 31st at College Street Music Hall in New Hampshire This one getting to the thick of it slightly after eight minutes, continuing on and blossoming open slightly before 13 minutes, pivoting a short time later and walking confidently right back into DBK when it wanders back out about 15 minutes-ish. It embraces a completely different side, having a hopeful and uplifting vibe as it dances on getting a little grittier about 21 minutes, gaining more momentum and balls and working itself and slamming back into DBK. Little gift from March 23rd at the Masonic in Cleveland, Ohio. The first time the band has played this very cool venue, an old courthouse that was converted into a concert space. I'm glad we had the chance to check this venue out. Another one I'm really hoping that we can hit up again when we see shows again. Um, I've seen Umphreys at the House of Blues three, four times. It's not my favorite venue, so I'm glad that there was another place to see them in Cleveland. This was a much, much better venue for sure. The acoustics in the room were awesome too. Um, You can check out episode 43 if you want to hear more about my experience of checking that place out. Little gift I've admitted in the past um, that I'm not the biggest fan of, but when they go and do something like what they did here, then I can most certainly get behind it. Forging its own path slightly before four minutes, completely shedding off the skin of Little Gift and dancing along, coming back down to earth slightly after eight minutes, continuing on with a sensual vibe, building more confidence and hopefulness. This is one of those that you totally forget where the where the story started because it's just completely transformed itself. In the show, this little gift would continue on into Cut the Cable. Uh, number four, Kabump from March 10th at the Hive in Sandpoint, Idaho. There are a few from this evening that were on my original list of 90. Mail Package, Higgins, and Utopian Fur uh, from this evening were also contenders. Kabump is always a good time anyway, but I especially enjoy the direction we went on slightly after six minutes, cooling its heels for a little bit, about two minutes, then picking itself right up and continues to climb the mountain, plateauing and dancing back into the previous jam. In the show, this adventure would continue into the aforementioned mail package. Uh, Number five, Resolution, March 29th at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. The Ryman shows I thought were contenders for the best shows of 2019, specifically this show on the 29th. 
I would have to say after thinking about it, uh, it was probably the best show of 2019. Uh, I had a lot from this evening on my original list. Red Tape, It Doesn't Matter, Miss Tinkles, The Triple Wide, and The Plunger I talked about earlier in this episode. I will link my Ryman recap episode 44 in the show notes if you wanted to give that a listen. This resolution wanders off early on, only after about a minute and a half in, coming back into resolution a few minutes later. Stasic making things real funky when we head back out slightly before six and a half, getting a little aggressiveness to it about three minutes later. Really embracing its nastier side, taking its massive energy and resonating all over, shredding its tough exterior slightly before 12 and a half and showing its sweeter side. In the show, this one would continue in on into seasons. Number six, Night Nurse from July 5th at the Brit Pavilion in Jacksonville, Oregon. If you've been a listener of the show for a while, you know I love me a very nice night nurse. And that's this one here, really opening itself up about five and a half, getting all sorts of bouncy. Joel really giving it to us as we continue to dance along. Everything about dancing my ass off to this one just really, 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 really (laughs) makes me miss being at a concert. It just... You know, once in a while I'll be dancing to something and it'll it'll just really be like, fuck, I really miss going to concerts. Slightly after 10 minutes, we get some Perk World action thanks to Chris and Andy. In the show, this one continues into Puppet String. Nothing too fancy from July 13th at 4848 Festival at Snowshoe, West Virginia. Another one from this awesome festival, as I mentioned before. If you want to hear more about my experience of attending this inaugural festival, check out episode 59. This adventure would feature a sit-in by Billy Strings on guitar, Paul Hoffman on mandolin, and Anders Beck on dobro. Paul and Anders, if you don't know, are from Green Sky Bluegrass. This was Billy's first sit-in with Umphreys, as we all know, in February. He slayed it with them on... Uh, Voodoo Child and Phil's Farm in Asheville, which was actually my last free show. So I guess if we're going to go out, that's a hell of a way to go. Um, anyways, that was actually the first time I'd seen Billy too, was his 4848 sit-in. And in August, so about a month later, there is a local festival here called Cobblestone here in Buffalo. And Billy Strings was there. And we went to check out, you know, his solo show, and we were able to have a few minutes with him and say hey, and we were like, yeah, we just saw you at 4848 with Umphreys, we're huge Umphreys fans, man, that was so awesome, and he just stops and looks at my husband and I and goes, nothing too fancy, man, (laughs) it was so funny, and he just knew that it was totally fucking killer, too, and if you haven't listened to that one, give it a listen because it's fucking awesome. (laughs) Number eight, Ocean Billy, January 12th, the National in Richmond, Virginia. This one would feature Jake on keys. Lots of folks are really into this spooky Billy. I would not be at all surprised if it made the final cut, as I know a lot of people voted for it. 
venturing into a spooky forest about seven minutes, sinking further into filthiness as it continues on, breaking through and seeing light slightly before 14 minutes, losing its footing and stumbling back down to earth, piecing itself back together and morphing back into Ocean Billy. Number nine, Wappy Sprayberry from August 29th at Hampton Beach Ballroom Casino in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire, getting to it slightly before five minutes, getting nice and funky about three minutes later, keeping that underlying funk going as it dances on, changing direction a few minutes later, and we hear Wappy beginning to creep its way back in, building up momentum and smashing back into Wappy. In the show, this one would adventure on into Alex's house. And number 10, Got Your Milk, March 21st from Penn's Peak in Jim Thorpe, PA, getting nasty slightly before four minutes. Another one where we completely shed the skin of where we started our journey. Dream sequencing out slightly before 10 minutes, gaining energy and setting its sights on the finish line. In the show, this would go into Professor Wormbog. Like I mentioned before, I didn't vote for the epic Ringo from December 30th at the Fillmore in Denver, Colorado. But it, of course, also deserves an honorable mention because of the sheer massiveness of it. Uh, My husband and I were just talking about this last night. I'm working on another uh, top moments from a venue list. This time I'm working on the tabby. And I was listening to a Ringo from 2006 and... It's just amazing what they do with that song. So it wasn't a surprise that they expanded and took this one for a stroll the way that they did. The fact that it was 62 minutes is definitely nothing to scoff at. And not only did it feature two sit-ins, one by Kyle Hollinsworth on keys and another by Jeff Coffin on saxophone, but it would also feature a Jimmy Stewart with lyrics I mean, it's just, it's really its own story. And, you know, maybe one day they'll put the whole thing on vinyl. I feel that if they're going to release it, it needs to be its own thing. It's its own story. Um, There is video of it from that evening on the Umphreys YouTube page, which I'll link in the show notes in case you've never seen it. I highly recommend you spend that time and be engulfed in that 62-minute Ringo. So that's it. That's everything I have for this week. There's a bunch of links in the show notes, including where you can give a listen to my 2019 Hall of Fame votes, links for all of the stuff I referenced throughout the episode, where you can check out past episodes, book a conversation, and be on an episode of Dropped Among This Crowd, and so much other stuff. So make sure you check all of that out. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love.